Hello and welcome to another episode of Kicking the Balls. I'm Glenn Cruz here and with me are always are and Rob. Hello. Afternoon. Okay, so I think a natural starting point to be would be uh, the draw for the World Cup playoff qualifiers. Uh, we've narrowed down our teams from UEFA down to our last few and the playoffs course now. Uh, Northern Ireland's our own home nation uh, playing Switzerland. Not the maybe the worst draw they could have had. Uh, probably the, one of the more favourable of the options that were there. Yeah, I think it could have been a whole lot worse. Obviously, we didn't want Italy, didn't really want Croatia. So that left Switzerland or Denmark. Maybe Denmark was a slightly easier option, but I don't think we could. We can be too disappointed with that. I'm glad it's not Portugal. Uh, up to that last game of the group stage, it would have been Portugal, and I think Switzerland are probably a, a more beatable team. Uh, so it's, it'll be difficult for Northern Ireland, of course, but I think... I don't think they'll lose at Windsor Park, so if especially if they manage to avoid conceding an away goal there, or if this, if certainly if they were to get a win there, then I think it sets them up in a good position. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? Keeping the clean sheet at home. Um, if they do that, I think I think they've got a really really good chance of going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switzerland's are a side that often have qualified maybe stronger than they've actually played in the tournaments when they've got there. Uh, they were pepped to the post just by Portugal in that last game. Northern Ireland might have wanted to been drawn out second so they could have the away leg first and then take it back to Windsor Park, but no such luck. Well, I think the seeded team always plays second. They always I play second? I think so, yeah. But, uh, well, there's that generally in two-legged ties, you do like to have the, home, the second leg at home. But the other way to look at it is, if it goes to extra time, that's half an hour extra for Northern Ireland to score an away goal that the Swiss won't get. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides to that coin I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. But, I mean, we feel I mean, probably not going to be favourites going into it. But, Cautiously uh, optimistic. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a good way of looking at it. I think it's very rare that Northern Ireland are favourites in a game, and I think that suits them, though. Yeah, I, mean, I don't uh, think they'll be... Well, maybe if you have slight favourites at Windsor Park, but I don't think they'll be favourites to get through the tie overall. We well, saw against Ukraine in the, in, the, in the Euros. We were underdogs in that one as well, and uh, came through oh, to win yeah, that yeah. one quite well. So uh, I think Northern Ireland can sort of soak up the pressure that way. Okay, and then Denmark on the Republic of Ireland. I mean, that's uh, probably a fairly kind draw for, for both those sides. I'm probably looking and thinking if both of them think they've got a good chance there. Yeah, I think both of them will will be looking at that, as you say, and mm-hmm. both of them will think that. And, and that, you know, that, that could bring about a half-decent game. Yeah, if, if I mean, it, it might do the total opposite. They might just be both be really, really cagey and stuff, but mm-hmm. you'd like to think that... It, both of them could go for it. I mean, if they're... They, they both have every right to think that they could beat yeah. the opposition. So yeah, definitely. That, that could be a good one. I uh, certainly think it's as good a draw as the Republic could have hoped for Denmark. Yeah, uh, obviously we're the, probably the lowest weakest ranked of the seeded sides. I think that the Republic will be... I personally think that they will get past Denmark. So. Okay, so if you look at our Premier League programme from last week then, uh, in the, the first game, probably the, the biggest talking point and disappointment was Liverpool versus Manchester United, which for the, the third game in a row now has been a real letdown. Uh, it was a pretty bland nil-nil, not the most adventurous game. And uh, I think we talked about before, maybe Mourinho could have been a little more uh, attacking and perhaps how well things have been going this season as opposed to last season. He might have been a bit more adventurous, but he still did, if not quite as blatantly as last time, park the bus to effect. I think it wasn't, certainly in the second half, it was every bit as blatantly as last time. Uh, yeah, we did talk about it a bit last week. We wondered whether with this being a stronger side than last season, whether he would go for it a bit more. But I suppose in the end, even though it's a bit of a disappointment, it's never really a shock when Mourinho does park the bus against the 
better teams, especially away from home. He um, has won titles off this method before of um, being content with the draws against the bigger sides and picking it up against the smaller sides. But you sort of feel it's with how well Man City are doing. Man City might not be dropping those sort of points against. I mean, you saw how, how well they got past Chelsea at uh, Stamford Bridge. Well, I think that's the difference between the two Manchester clubs at the minute, yeah. isn't it? When you look at Man City, they're prepared to go Take and win risks. those games. Yeah. Um, I mean, already so far this season, Man City have beaten Chelsea and they've beaten Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, Man United haven't. Well, that was the first real test. I mean, we sort of talked about... Um, but he got what he wanted, though. He, he, he did, went yeah. for the draw and he mm-hmm. got the draw. The fixtures have been quite kind. I think we'd mentioned before, I mean, Man United almost got a hand-picked up opening run of fixtures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, before that, probably Leicester would have been the biggest tests, and that, you know, wasn't wasn't that difficult a game for them. But, I mean, could it almost be seen as uh, checking out of his first real challenge in this, this league campaign for Mourinho? I'm not sure how much he's checking out. I mean, I think we saw what he did last season. And yes, he does have better players this season, but really that's always been the way Mourinho's played. Mm-hmm. Like at uh, the great Chelsea sides we talked about, that was the way he did there as well. And I just think that's what's in his nature, basically. So. Yeah, I'm, I think he's always going to go to what works for him. Um, you know, a lot of Man United fans were really excited when Mourinho took mm-hmm. charge because they were sick of the boring football that... You know, Van Gaal played, and that's one thing hasn't really changed so much. Though, I mean, the yeah, style of the football, especially last quite season, similar. and last season they were dreadful a lot mm-hmm. of the time. I'm, I mean, it has I'm, been more effective this season, but yeah, the yeah, I, um, manner it's gone about, it's been quite. Comparable. But that's why I found the excitement really baffling because Mourinho doesn't really play that exciting brand of football. I mean, they've been better this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've steamrolled a few teams, but it's still a world it, apart from Ferguson in terms of yeah, the approach. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. very uh, attacking, yeah, uh, very take the game to them kind of coach. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Mourinho's philosophy really is uh, trying to take points off the big teams and then pick it all up against the smaller teams. That seems to be how he's done it. And it, it's... It's worked. Yeah. It's worked for him in the yeah. past. So, why, you know, why would he change it? Mm-hmm. Both those teams, of course, in action in the Champions League midweek. Yeah. Uh, both being people quicker to talk about the United game. I actually watched Chelsea last night. But okay, well, you saw a much better game. I, I didn't watch the United game, but uh, I have seen the unfortunate goal. I'm sure you, have you both seen that? Yeah, the Rashford goal. Was it, it Rashford? Was it an own goal? The keeper carried it over his own line? But No, I suppose technically you could call it an own goal, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah, I um, feel bad for the guy because he's only 18 and it was second mm-hmm. game or something. But, you know, all goalkeepers make mistakes, so... Yeah, like I say, I didn't see the game, but I went away from home in Europe. Yeah, sort of I, th- like I think it was much, much the same as the Liverpool game. Really, they went looking for, you know, just to keep the ball out out of their own net, yeah. and then if they got something, they'd attack it. Well, Benfica had been beaten five in the pre- previous. Uh, yeah, by Basel. By Basel, so I mean, yeah. they no, they're not to... the side that they were a couple of years no, ago. No, no. So I think Portuguese football has dropped off in its own league. I mean, obviously Portugal won the Euros, so we can't take that maybe away from them, although. That wasn't even the most convincing performance anyway. But uh, Well, I suppose then we were talking about Liverpool as well. Sort yeah, of, of course. They mm-hmm. obviously, I suppose you could say, maybe this was a result that could have been seen as coming. Like they have had, yeah. they have had games where they've been Creating dominant chances. and have been very wasteful in front of goal. This was the one where it all, where it all <laughs> fell into place. And obviously you have to take the calibre of the opposition like into account. But well, there's minnows every year. They don't always get beaten seven. I mean, that's uh, that's how the hell's. Oh yeah, it's, it's and, been and, a it's a really yeah. good result. Mm-hmm. So. so I mean, of course, uh, 
been. The only, yeah, but can they carry it into the league? Of course. That, that's, the, that's the big problem. Well, I mean, uh, we've, uh, it's been said before, Liverpool are consistently inconsistent. You know, they can go and get a great yeah, trouncing yeah. result. Uh, yeah, like well, so, so are Arsenal. You I know. thought what was noticeable was, I thought, James Milner, who hasn't been Absolutely, right on yeah. the side this year, played really well. He was playing in midfield in the role that Henderson would normally play, and I thought he played far better than Henderson has played. Well, really did we not say that a few weeks ago that yeah. they'd be as well putting Milner in the midfield? But the question is now: Does uh, Klopp stick with that for the weekend? And my guess would have to be probably not. No, he probably but, won't. No. Yeah, as far as I see it, I mean, Milner gives you what Henderson gives you, and a bit more. I mean, he's got the same. Good work ethic. I mean, that's probably Henderson's strongest point. Is his he passing is, was excellent? Yeah, yep. I think he is a more technically gifted player. I think he's uh, better. His ball control is superior. He's a better passer. He's um, more dangerous in the final third. Yeah, uh, and I mean Henderson. What he really offers is he does do an awful lot of uh, running. Running, running yeah, but Mo Farah would do an awful lot of running. Yeah. It doesn't mean he'd be a footballer. So, like, of course, he is sort of good. That sort of first to the second ball kind of mopping up job, but. I mean, they haven't been doing that so well this season, no. though, so him included. So. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't be uh, particularly upset if Henderson was dropped and Milner was brought in and, and given the armband, even maybe because he, he is well, the he did cap on the yeah. side uh, in midweek there. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I lose no sleep over it personally. Like, actually, um, should, should we not mention the points from the Liverpool United game? You know, the Lukaku thing where it looked like he he stamped. I mean, the wild challenge. Uh, which didn't even get didn't a yellow get a card. Booking, yeah, I thought that was a certain booking. Personally, I don't think the stamp was deliberate. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure about if that one was deliberate or not. But that first challenge was was so wild to not think, even get a booking. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous for Liverpool in particular right now. What people are bringing up a lot is the the Mane thing. You know, if if Mane got his red card and his was a genuine attempt to play the ball, you yeah. know if. If Lukaku well, it's a very different, the, mm-hmm. a different like, challenge. The one yeah. I think is more similar to actually maybe the John Joe Shelby for Newcastle, where he sort of kept his eyes on the ball, but he, you could see out, out of the corner of an eye, he might have been just looking the clip as he Sorry, went Sorry, are you past. talking about the stamp or the late tackle? Or the, the stamp from Lukaku? No, I don't think there was ever any intent with the stamp. Oh, see, for Lukaku, obviously, not for John Joe Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he kept his eyes on the ball, but I, th- I think he was deliberately just dragging that leg at town, no, trailing him. I don't you know? think so, and I thought... Lovren's reaction was oh his, his reaction was completely, completely stupid ridiculous. and ridiculous and kind of undermined any defence he might have over it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think the more angles you see of the Lukaku thing, the the more kind of guilty it looks. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, I certainly didn't hit him enough for Lovren to roll around no, like he'd well, been shot in the face. Yeah, that was pretty stupid uh, thing to do and yeah, it's harm his, uh, it was his also it was almost as bad as Rivaldo uh, <laughs> when uh, man getting yeah. hit by football yeah pretty much <laughs> okay uh, next game was Burnley West Ham I mean uh, that had all the makings of a game that could have fizzled out into a draw I think we talked that it might have been and it did uh, there was a bit more friction on, on the pitch in that one it was yeah, well, quite a heat of the fair where you'd have to say credit to West Ham for holding out for so long with yeah. oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be so much happier with that than, than Burnley yeah mm-hmm. well Burnley's the opportunity missed absolutely yeah, yeah I mean, well they fell behind to a pretty bad goal there didn't they um, was it Ben Mee I think he fell over uh, he slipped or something and then Antonio was able to run onto the long ball Um Joe, I think Joe Hart just hoofed it straight up the pitch, didn't he? And then yeah. he fell over there. Joe Hart actually had a better game than. Yeah, well, he could have conceded yeah. a penalty. Yeah, he did the same same thing he did in the England match, um, and that should have been a penalty. Yeah, 
and Chris Wood scored again for he did yeah, yeah, yeah. a very good start yeah, he has got off to a very yeah. good start I mean, we mentioned early on when he came it's always question marks over yeah. a player can he make a step up there have been so many championship players who have been you know scoring for fun that then can't do it but so far he's pretty good I think a lot of the times though that they come into a Premier League team and they're asked to do things that they, they don't do yeah. uh, whereas Chris Wood looks like hoof the ball into the box get a good cross in there and well, he's quite he'll attack it also in the championship strike partnerships are a lot more prevalent yeah, like yeah, a lot absolutely. of times those players are told to go into a play as a lone striker and it's diff- it's different well, it's so competitive I mean like um, it's a it's a revolving door of teams there isn't you know one dominant team or a couple of dominant teams it's very competitive top to bottom so teams are more willing to, to really go for it because team finished bottom last year can go and get themselves next year so. well look at Huddersfield yeah. it's just one of those leagues where it's a lot well, if you finish bottom one year, you'd be getting promoted from the division below. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you understand yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah. Um, I think the the biggest talking point of the Burnley West Ham game was Andy Carroll, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm torn on it because really, yeah. For me, there's no. It's clumsy. It's the, it's, it's definitely the, the first one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. The second one, no way. That for, was a definite. That was lucky not to be a straight red. He, his eyes are for the ball. He jumps with his elbows up. Absolutely. But no, that was a forearm. You you look at it again. It's like a running, jumping forearm smash. I, I think he deliberately he, he was going out to hurt him there. I it looked when, that when way. When you're already on a yellow, it's stupid. He, oh he yeah, should definitely. Be certainly, so soon after it. But I, for me, it was accidental. I think uh, so. I can understand. Yep, it probably was a yellow card. But I do feel some degree of sympathy in that. I don't think he was. I disagree. I don't think he was setting out to hurt the players. Well, this is the thing with Carl, where one of the biggest problems is Chris been keeping him on the pitch. And- Got himself in trouble a few times. It's it's gonna be so hard for him to to get himself in any kind of um, run of games together, which obviously every striker needs to build up form and momentum. If he, especially if he sees any chance of uh, getting back into an England side, which well, I is, think that's longer. It's gonna be pretty difficult for him, but uh, it, it's it's keeping him on the pitch at this stage. It's, uh, it's I, I think he's playing in the wrong era. Well, he's a very tr- traditional sort of number nine. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a very good head with the ball. Yeah, uh, and those sort of challenges probably. He would have got away with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Away the back end, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's, he's very difficult to mark in the areas. His technique for heading a ball is actually, you know, I think better than it's given credit for. Um, I think there is a place for him, but I don't think that he brings enough to his all-round game to be a Premier League side's main Well, I, I don't know. I mean, for, for a side like West Ham, and you saw him at, at Newcastle, obviously, a very short trial run because uh, he was sold so quickly after they came up. But, I mean... When he was at Newcastle, he he really looked the the real deal for an old school centre forward. You know, he put the ball into the box and he would put it in the nets. Yeah, a lot of teams don't play that way no, though, do they? But there are a select few. I mean, yeah, uh, probably not so much now. But under Allardyce, certainly West Ham could have functioned pretty well. A striker like Carroll leading the line. Yeah, th- certainly in terms of England, I can't see him. I can't no. see what he offers really yeah. that Harry Kane doesn't. I suppose that ironically, he would have slotted in quite well to Burnley had they not have uh, signed Chris Wood. Uh, maybe, yeah. He's yeah. Uh, not a dissimilar kind of player. I mean, well, so far, Chris Wood hasn't got himself sent off or injured, so I think that's... <laughs> that's, that's a big plus. ...bonus points from there. But, um, but yeah, I guess uh, what, the, was the way it two, they operate. It was two yellow cards in, like, a minute and a half or something, wasn't it? Well, I mean, you've, you've got to question judgment there completely. Especially for someone that's... Yeah. He's been around 10 years. If you've just been booked, you've you know, got to be best behaviour, let the referee yeah, think about not, something Not else do exactly the same thing no. <laughs> two minutes later. Uh, I mean, for, for Burnley right now, it's a uh, points drop, but it's still a pretty good start. Uh, they've 
Kind of they no, they'll be they'll be really happy about that, obviously. So. I mean, nowhere near it right now, of course. They see a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, they're flying at the moment. West Ham, other end of the table. They're one of that group of teams on eight points. Yeah, I mean, eight from eight. It's for, for where West Ham want to be. And for the money they spent over the summer, it's not really good enough at all. No. Uh, well, I say 13th down to 17th, all on eight points. But mm-hmm. they, w- they won't be so happy to be so close to the relegation zone. But I do feel like, obviously, that they did have to play a lot of that game with 10 men mm-hmm. away no, from home. Same. I do feel that maybe some of the tension and the pessimism that was around West Ham at the start of the season has maybe lifted just a little. They've got a little bit more breathing space now. And I I do think that they're maybe gradually on the up again. So. Well, was it uh, Salampton they played against Arnautovic was sent off? Um, yeah. And and they they, they gave it a good run. go, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, maybe that was 3-2. And again, mm-hmm. that, their discipline was so bad in that game, they conceded yeah. two penalties. Yeah, I think... West Ham's discipline under Billich is actually since Billich took over at West Ham, they've had more red cards than any Premier League side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they showed that stat the other day, and I think it's something like thirteen or something, which is incredible. Yeah, that's but a, a lot of time when you see them play, it's not a surprise really. It's no, something they've got no. to get tied up though. Cause, I mean, no matter what anyone says, it's not harder to play against ten men. It's the old cliche. No, around, it's, not, it's, it's not just not true. Ten men, it's the matches, but they have players suspended as yeah, well. Yeah, it yeah. follows. Yeah, which I mean, in the position they're in right now. And having spent all that money, if you can't put your best eleven out there, it's it's, it's no good. It makes it very difficult for the manager. Um, and I think if if they have another a couple of you know bad results leading up to the next break, then all that pressure that mm-hmm. you you think's relieved, I think that's all going to come back. I mean, he, he looks far from safe at the moment. Anyway, I mean, it's yeah. it's very precarious. I think if there were a couple of bad results, um, he could be right back in it again. I know uh, we're going to talk about Craig Shakespeare later, but mm-hmm. he was one of the ones that we maybe thought wasn't under so much pressure. It mm-hmm. was maybe, you know, Koeman that and That felt more sudden, you know. Yeah. Okay, if we look to Man City then, I mean, we talked about, you know, the earlier and the difference between the philosophies. I mean, what a, what a run they're on a goal scoring right now. Well, I think last week you you guys maybe said 4-0, you thought it would be? I, 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 I went 3. I thought it was going to be. I mean, mm-hmm. 3 was a it's bit generous, right now, wasn't isn't it? it? Uh, I mean, yeah, on forward, they, they do look unstoppable. I think... When you did, you did still see the soft underbelly a bit on that side. Obviously, the seven-two, it's a comprehensive win. But when Stoke did attack, you did see that actually, despite the clean sheets, City's defense still is vulnerable. Well, they were three up and they let it go to three-two, and that's. I mean, yeah. of course, they very quickly dealt with that. But no, uh, I think obviously most of the time their firepower is going to bail them out. Oh, but yeah. there may just be games, but especially you, in Champions you saw with League. Liverpool, in the that's well, Liverpool went so close with Suarez. You could have the most potent attack in the league and it still might not be enough. Yeah, um, I mean, you say about the Champions League there, um, like the other night against Napoli, I mean, they were, they were lucky there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they should have been 4-0 up after half an hour, uh, really, at least four. But there were only two and, you know, they, they almost ended up drawing the game, really. Yeah, again, I saw the Liverpool game rather than the City oh, game. Oh, OK. I, um, well... Essentially, the first half an hour was a continuation yeah. of the Stoke match. I From mean, they I just heard, tore them yeah. apart. But then I heard in the second half, Napoli, they were the better side. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, how, how composed is uh, Gabriel Jesus for such a young age he is? He really looks such I, d- I didn't realise he was as young as he is. Yeah, he's about yeah, he's 18, only 20. 19, yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought he was like 23, 24 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh, just how, because of that. 
how well like how well rounded a skill set he has already. And I mean the the chance creation you're getting from midfield with uh, Silva and De Bruyne. I mean there's so I mean, much. De Bruyne has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's, he's really been in the form of his career at the minute. So. Yeah, I mean uh, Pep was full of some very very high praise. I mean, of course, you got to be careful how much pressure you heap on. But I think he he was calling that the best player in Europe or something right now. So that's. Uh, in his position, it's hard to argue with mm-hmm. that. Obviously, the likes of Messi and Ronaldo play in different positions to De Bruyne, but as a sort of a playmaker, it's hard to... In excellence? Yeah, it's hard to look look past him. So. Yeah, he's, he's just been fantastic the last few weeks. And it seems really like with, with every time they get the ball, um, they can create a chance because, I mean, with Silva and De Bruyne, there's just so much ability to create chances out of them. And then you've got... Uh, and Sterling's banging form at the yeah, minute as he's, well. he's suddenly yeah. come back on... On Red Hot for him. He's six or seven goals in as many games. A lot he's more prolific because in the past he's been the lack of end products yeah, really been good the at dribbling, but <laughs> he seems to have found the rest of it. Uh, for Stoke, will they just write this down to Man City were too good? Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I, I mean, do you know they'll maybe be a little disappointed like, when they've got the three two. It's then not a good day when you concede seven goals. It's not <laughs> by but, any stretch, like but. I think they'll they will probably put yeah. it down to it's Man City. They've done this to a lot of teams this season. So well, every side of the top six have the same attitude. If if they get beaten by by City, that probably yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's hard to see what you do differently. I and mean, there's so many players you have to double mark on that side. Yeah. On the flip side, I know we, we've spoke about Mark Hughes a few times. I mean, mm-hmm. you write that one off as a bit of an anomaly, but they they do take some hidings now and then. I mean, they Chelsea do, yeah. beat them four nil. Yeah, you know um, they, they can't take too many more of those. No. Or Mark Hughes will be looking for work. Um, they are on that sort of eight points territory we mentioned earlier. Where yeah, they're another side predictable points. unpredictability. I mean, we have to remember that uh, they beat Arsenal and drew with United. United but uh, there's been some good performances yeah. in there as well. But I mean, there is a consistency problem for. Oh, for there Stoke is, and there well. has been really throughout Mark Hughes' tenure. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we look at um, Crystal Palace, then I mean, uh, I think you you were the <laughs> you, you, yeah you, you called that last week. Yeah, I said, I'm not sure on this plan. I predicted they were going to get a win. They would get something. Yeah. really, just got instinct more than anything. No, but, but, uh, but nobody saw them. Nobody saw the extent of what they would get. Well, the the difference was Zaha, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, but the whole team just looked so much sharper and more energised than they had yeah, done, and it just probably because they had someone up front to give the ball to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Chelsea looked tad lethargic. I thought they just uh, a bit like sort of the city match as well. Sort of, they just seemed a bit hungover. Obviously, they were without uh, Morata and Kante, and well, maybe a bit complacent in that one. They take that one a bit too much for granted because of how how bad Crystal Palace have been the lead up to us. Well, maybe, but they just Palace just seemed to blow them off the pitch with their energy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think missing Kante is massive for Chelsea. It is. He's a unique player. I mean, you yeah. talk about the likes of Messi and all unique players. Kante again, obviously a very different position, but there really isn't another player you can put in to do what Kante yeah. does. You have to put two players in to do what Kante like does, we, and even then, we we talked about like that the importance of that role of mopping up and being first mm. to every second ball. Yeah, and he's the best there I mean, is at yeah, it. So. He's just got so much energy, so quick off the mark. That I mean, as soon as any ball goes loose, he's straight on it. Yeah, I think he, he's a big miss for Chelsea mm-hmm. at the minute. Do you think that affected them in the Champions League as well? Uh, it may have done. That That was it. Was such an entertaining game though in the Champions League. I, I only saw the highlights myself, but Jacko's no, first goal was stunning. Yeah, really, really good. Was it? No, it was as, as good a game and that probably as good a goal as well as I've seen in quite a while. So, and in f- fairness to Chelsea, having been. 
two nil up and then having gone three two behind, then they really they did dig in and they finished the game the stronger. So I think they're still clearly fighting that Chelsea side, but uh, they w- they'll have been disappointed to have gone. Uh, 3-2 behind being but that said the 2-0 did flatter them they managed to hit Roma on the break but Roma had always been very much in the game well I think we've got to give uh, with a bit more hindsight now some credit to FC Carabag from Azerbaijan who held Atletico Madrid and gave a pretty good game in the last round of fixtures to Roma who as it happens we've seen more recently are maybe better than they've been given credit for well, yeah, they'd never got a point in the Champions League before this mm-hmm. season. I think this is their third Champions League campaign and they lost all their previous matches. So. Well, it's good to see that they're improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even improving within this season because obviously they were hammered 6-0 yeah. by Chelsea in their first game. Bounced back. Bounced uh, back. And what did you make of David Luiz in midfield? Well, his goal's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've always preferred him in that kind of role because sometimes it can feel, like he's in the defence, the rest of the defence are having to carry a bit more of a workload because... He can be caught in the position. He can be a bit naive defensively. Yeah, but do you not think moving to the three kind of helped that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. It did. It did. I mean, you yeah. certainly saw with, um, with that system, well. yeah. they, they managed to take a bit more pressure off him, let him do what he does well, which is his distribution from the back is very good. You know, his ball control is good. He's a lot of positive attributes when he's on the ball. So you're saying he's a defender that can't defend very well? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he, maybe... Um, a bit more suited to midfield in that way because mm. his, his technique is, is quite good. We've seen him score quite a few good goals, a lot of them free kicks. He's passing is good, he can kicks. shoot from yeah. distance. So. He's pretty good in the air as well. But I mean, positionally, I still have my doubts. I think if they were to be playing with a, a flat four four two, he'd be found it every week. Which of course it's their their right not to do that. But um, no, I think we we did mention that uh, last season everyone was full of praise and said how much he'd improved as an individual. I think they just found the right system for him rather than him actually becoming this much greater defender. Back to Crystal Palace then. I mean, uh, will Chelsea just uh, call that a bad day at the office? I mean, mm, well, the thing is, it came off the back of another bad day at the office and then a not so brilliant day at the office against Roma as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you'd have to put it down to more than that. I think they've been missing big players. They've missed Murata. He obviously came back. There's been some night. speculation that's me not the happiest. Dressing room atmosphere right well, now. Well, that was a speculation at the start of the season that it was an unhappy club. And they proved us all wrong for a while there. It well, is. whether or not it was a happy club, they were uh, the was playing yeah. well. Yep. I think there's big pressure on to get a result this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, they're outside the top four. They're, they're already nine points off the leaders. Like, really, they can't afford to slip up again. So there's big, big pressure on now. I mean, for Palace, of course, it's finally, finally points on the boards. Um, it did fin- make me laugh. goals. I mean. It did make me laugh that their first goal of the season was yeah. an own goal. I mean, uh, like, you couldn't write thing, that. You know, if, if it ends like this, then still technically no Palace players have scored yeah, goals, but yeah. the, they did in the end. Um, it's crazy how it took them that long to get a goal. I I, I can't think yeah, of Yeah, but it. they've been playing really poorly, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. at the weekend they played really well, so mm-hmm. it's simple well, as that. They just had, they had that extra time, didn't they, because of the international break. Yeah. The new managers had time with players... Injured players have come back, you know. Um, it was bound to happen at some point. And the crazy thing is, um, with how, how well densely packed that bottom of the table is, they're only five points off twelfth. I mean, that's just that's attainable. Yeah, I mean that's very attainable with how much time yeah. is left. Um, um, and I imagine they're going to have to coming up. They'll be playing a lot of those teams around them. Mm-hmm. But it just shows like right now, it's such a uh, closely 
packed bunch of teams at the bottom that you know one one win can change so much of the yeah well Bournemouth will be looking at that and hoping so of course yeah they're well, the and it's a lot easier to make up points at the other end of the mm-hmm. table as well because your r- rivals will drop, drop points so much more, more often. So, okay, um, probably a good time to talk about Tottenham. Uh, the Wembley curse lifted for Bournemouth. Uh, the woes continue a bit. It was always going to be a difficult game, even though the formats home for Tottenham hadn't been good. Uh, but I mean, for. Uh, finally, uh, Tottenham can can put this one behind them and say that they've got going now. But well, I, I hope y- least, you, you say that, but, but the Dortmund game, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that wasn't a Premier League game. That's no, it wasn't. But no, even it's still so. a game of football, isn't course, it? And yeah. it's a, it's against good opposition. But this is probably going to be closer to what they're going to be having to do week in week out now. Mm, yeah, well, we'll see how they get on next time they play there. Mm. A great, do you know a great result for him in the week though during yeah, a, uh, at Real Madrid? Yeah, um, I, mean, if I didn't see that coming. If if we're going to talk about Real Madrid, I think. Um, People were really giving Tottenham no chance going to that game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I so. I thought that's uh, pretty harsh because Real Madrid, for me, obviously have been the best side in the world for the last few seasons. But the competition hasn't been great. You know, Barca haven't been firing in all cylinders in the last couple of seasons. It's an aging Munich side. A lot of those, you know, their best players are. See, I've seen their best days. Um, I I don't think that maybe it's quite well cracked up to be. I mean, Real Madrid defensively have been very lucky well, a lot been of the time. The, uh, they'd made a poor start to the season, yeah. but I still think we know how good they are and the quality of those players, and I think it's a great result for Tottenham to go there especially. But, but I think uh, people were writing them off at their peril. Like, I mean, Tottenham, with uh, the firepower they've got with Harry Kane, how how good a first eleven at least certainly they have right now. They matched Real Madrid man for man as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Tottenham have generally played... For the last few seasons with a lone striker, but they put Kane and Durante both up top and played a diamond in midfield, and it worked for them. So. Mm-hmm. No, I think certainly they've been far too much doom and gloom going into it, as if they had you know such a little chance. But I mean, Tottenham's away form has been very, very good this season, and you know, man for man, like you said, it's it's a really good starting eleven. I, I didn't see any reason why why they couldn't be the Real Madrid side that isn't really performing at its best right now. Well, sure, they'll have to play them again in a couple of weeks, and, yeah. and, and that'll be at Wembley, so see how they get I'm on with that. that one there, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, for for Bournemouth, I mean, we talked about Eddie Howe, and there's still a lot of respect for Eddie Howe, I think, even just from Premier League fans, above even just from Bournemouth fans. I don't think there are really questions about Eddie Howe. I think there are starting to be questions about Bournemouth, though. I mean, like Rob, you said from the start of the season, you thought they were in for a tough one, I have to admit. I thought they'd be all right. They had a great year last season and finished ninth. They didn't spend a lot now in the summer. Uh, no, they didn't. But side. they did seem to have got some good signings. They brought yep. the foe in was a big one. They'd held mm-hmm. on to Josh King. Begovic as well, a good signing. Good signing, yeah. But it hasn't been working for them now. You look at the table and you look at the teams and you think, how many of those would you actually back Bournemouth to beat? And the answer is not many. No. What um, is going wrong from them? I mean, on the pitch, it just, they aren't, they aren't clicking. I mean, they aren't creating the chances they were last season. Certainly, yeah, defensively, they aren't as uh, as rigid. They aren't keeping people out as well. I think maybe just the players just aren't as good as a lot of their rivals, unfortunately. But, I mean, they didn't look sort of their depth last year. Is it just a, a stronger crop? Yeah, I think the year? other teams have strengthened. Yeah. You had the likes of Sunderland, who were appalling last year. No one's that bad this year. Obviously, Palace were up until this point, but Bournemouth hadn't played them yet. So, I think as well... You know, sometimes how long Bournemouth? This is their third, third, third season. Third yeah. season up. Sometimes teams just clubs in general they just run out of steam, and it might just be the, 
they might just need something just to to reinvigorate the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying they should go out and get rid of the manager because you know you look at what he's done there and he deserves more time and he should get more time mm-hmm. as managers all should get more time generally. Um, but they just they, they don't seem to be playing that well, and it's hard to say why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just the teams around them have have just picked up where they haven't just brought in that little bit extra in terms of you know better players or whatever and you have to worry for him because the the owners now will be looking at that and thinking we're we're getting to the the start of the the time where it starts to take shape a bit more in the league and if they are looking at relegation i mean no club uh can really afford to be relegated in the premier league very well anymore and hold on to their players just can't really be done so it's so difficult to get back out of the championship that i mean sides are just so so afraid of being relegated that's what you see at the bottom end of the table. Well, that's where so the panic much, comes yeah. from and they're getting rid of managers. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes even just because, uh, I mean, if, if a new manager bounce can just get you over the line for another yeah. season. I mean, well, Sunderland, Sunderland did that Sunderland for four years, that. didn't they? Yeah. I mean, the luck runs out eventually, but it can it can be enough sometimes. Um, no, well, I, w- I wouldn't like to see Eddie Howe go no, because I, I think, think he's, he's, a, he's mm-hmm. a good prospect for, for young brought, English managers. Maybe earned a bit more time. I, I'd like to think so, yeah. Okay, if we look at Swansea, then, I mean... Uh, how how good a season is Tammy Abraham having already on on loan there? Well, yeah, they're like he's not going to get many chances no, at Swansea. They don't really, create really an awful well. lot. But yeah, that was a good win for Swansea at the weekend. So it's the, something for them to kick on. Both both goals did come from mistakes, though, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and which you've got to be prepared uh, you, to take as well. Well, yeah, and luckily for Swansea, they did take them. But you can't rely on no, every team making a gaff. Just you know, I mean, we've said a few times about they the, lack real creativity. Yeah. But yeah. They, uh, they're very predictable going forward. It's yeah. very easy to see how a team could set up to block that. Very, very another clean sheet for them though. Like yep. defensively, has mm-hmm. been their their strength. I'm really worried about Huddersfield now. They just look like a club in free fall. They made mm-hmm. their good start much like Hull did last season, and now they're just plummeting. So. Well, they're now down to 12th on nine points I mean that's not the worry the no. worry is where their points came in terms of the chronology of the season the fact is recently they've been it's really re- they've been slipping yeah they haven't picked up a point in ages have they uh, it's, it's been a very barren run for them anyway yeah. um, Swansea on about I'm, eight points I'm sure they, they must have expected that though that they're going to go th- parts of the season Mm-hmm. and not get good results well when the first couple of results came in we did talk about the, the teams having the fast start and it, yeah. it can be so difficult to maintain that, that level every week in a, a league this competitive um, Mike Huddersfield's just have hit that wall now and it's going to be very very difficult for them to pick up the wall a few weeks ago to be honest yeah after that first international I mean, break every, yeah. every point is going to be so vital since. for them at this stage now um, I mean quite similar to how Blackpool are going back quite a while now to when, when Hull first came up I think it's the opposite of what Brighton have done, though. You see, Brighton yeah. came up and they were a bit sort of... Newcastle as well. Yeah, yeah they looked they a bit out of their depth, in. but now they're, they're picking up and they're, they're starting mm-hmm. to... I, no, I, st- I still don't think Brighton will stay up. but It's, I, it's I funny think how every side adapts to it, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, There's different uh, ways of doing it. I mean, for, for Swansea now, uh, they're, they're on eight points as well. They're part of that really tight-knit club down at the bottom of the, the table there. It's... Worrying how, how little creativity they do have, but we did talk about how defensively they are keeping clean sheets, and that's that's something to build off a lot more easily because if you're keeping clean sheets, one goal does it. So yeah, yeah. like and if they can stay still in the mix until Christmas, and then maybe bring a couple of players in mm-hmm. in January, 
you, you feel it's got to be a creative signing in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. That should be the first thing. Some sort of playmaker or someone to start setting up chances. Yeah. But, do, I mean... Do, for, do, sorry, do, do you think that's maybe what Bournemouth need to do as well? Just stay in it until around the... It feels like it's... Well, do you think any of say that's still in it come January, sort of... That said, Leicester a couple of years ago looked dead and buried that year of the season mm-hmm. and came back and stayed up. I mean, they but do have Defoe, who is a, a capable finisher. I mean, we've seen him time and time again. Uh, George King got the one goal from yeah. this. But I mean, we, we know with his record, he Oh, yeah, if they give him the chances, he'll get the goals. And so. then uh, Josh King as well, last season, was uh, a very promising player as well. Uh, you feel they might need someone who's going to play make those chances, though, because with those two options, you need someone to feed them because they can't feed off nothing. Well, to an extent, but I think the main problems are defensive for Bournemouth. Um, okay, then. Uh, I mean, big result of the weekend there was Watford and Arsenal. I mean, that was one Arsenal really will be kicking themselves over. That was an opportunity where they, they were in front. And I think even it wasn't long before the the penalty for Watford, they, they missed a very good chance themselves. They missed a couple, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was quite a soft penalty. I mean, there really wasn't much contact there, I think. There doesn't need to be a lot no, of contact, I mean, though, does there? Yeah, for me, like, it was so minimal, I, I, I don't think it was a penalty. But but I mean, you, you know rightly if it was the other way around. Oh, yeah, of would course. Have yeah. It. So um, I can see why it was given, but yeah. really, you know, it, for it, me, it was I, very, I very soft. Very, very soft. And then, of course, I mean, the rest tells itself like Arsenal switched off Watford capitalised and yeah they, they looked really uncomfortable with Troy Deeney he didn't know what to do with him um, Troy Deeney's good at bullying defences like that though, yeah, which is, uh, yeah and Arsenal I mean, Arsenal defenders don't like that at all yeah. I mean you'd expect I mean you'd expect Mertesacker to be able to deal with that um, great header by him though you know for yeah the, for and that's his goal. first start in league for, for yeah. 18 months yeah. was it yeah I was a bit surprised he hasn't featured more this season because they have had absences and like he had a great game in the FA Cup final yeah. people give him so much stick for being slow but I mean he doesn't need to be yeah, fast I mean, though a lot of the time that's something you take into account when you're you know putting up your side you know if you've got a quite a slow defender you, you protect that you, you put someone yeah. you know who's going to mark a faster player who's not him but people give him so much uh well, you look at the slow player, but season they won the title, and Huth and Morgan, neither of them no, are quick no, players. Not at all. I mean, he's got more on a can say to sort of cover that a bit more, and then you had well, you had two fairly quick fullbacks and Fuchs and Danny Simpson. But I mean, Arsenal will be kicking themselves for the way they switched off towards the end. There, it's yeah. That um, Tom Cleverley's goal was, you know, Wenger called Tom the penalty Cleverley. decision scandalous, but he should be looking at Granite Jacker and thinking. The way he defended that was scandalous. Mm, he mean, just he stood there at the edge of the box, waiting for the clearance, as if you know he he was waiting for a clearance to come out so he could run with it. Um, when in reality he should have been looking at Tom Cleverley, who didn't move, and getting in front of him. I mean, we said before we were recording, so it's probably not on any of this. But uh, I mean, Jaka for me isn't really a defensive midfielder at all. I mean, no, no I mean that's, that's been, been said by a, it's been said by a he lot. He plays of quite deep. That's kind of his, his base position, but that doesn't mean he's a defensive midfielder. I mean, he's yeah, not. well, Perlo played quite deep, mm-hmm. but you know rightly that he was absolutely not a defensive he's midfielder. A playmaker, he happens to play a bit deeper yeah. in the field rather deep than line field. playmaker. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a common thing to have. It doesn't yeah. mean all the two guy. He was another one. Yeah. Xabi Alonso, so yeah. Xabi Alonso wasn't a bad defender. Yeah, Xabi yeah. Alonso Probably could a, defend yeah. though. <laughs> a bit more so than. Is he not? Is Xabi Alonso not the only player to score two goals from his own half? 
I think he's made Charlie yeah. Adams bound to be I'm sure he's yeah. got a few of those really mm-hmm. long I'm not sure yeah. if it I think that the best one is against Newcastle like I said the keeper was still in his own goal he just, uh, he just read it all wrong and the ball went over <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't even like said, out for a corner or anything like that which yeah. is uh, even more impressive but yeah I mean I mean, great result for Watford. And yeah, and they're fourth in the league. Like, it's right been now, such I mean, a great start to the season yeah. for them. It just uh, seems to go on and on. But. I mean, Silva gave it a very good go with a very, very limited set of resources last year. And it's one of those situations where you get uh, relegated and you get a promotion. It's not very common. But I think people recognise just how well he had done for what he'd been given to work with. And, and he's, he's really uh, taken his chance here because Watford had been excellent. Some of the results in picking up have been really, really good. Yeah, yeah. aside from the hiding they got at Man City, which, you mm-hmm. know, everyone wow. seems to be getting seems, them. Yeah. They've done really, really well. Um, I mean, they're I, I, probably in the league places right now. I mean, I it's a long, long way to go, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested that, to see where they'll finish. I really, really Chelsea, aren't. they've got this yeah. weekend as well. If, if I was to guess now, I mean, I, I'm guessing probably they'd finish fairly mid-table it's like 8th, ninth or so. But I mean, you know what, that's, that's good for Watford. Yeah. That's a game Chelsea could be doing without. It is, oh, yeah, a, absolutely. That's a side here, quite willing to be quite physical, and they're getting the results as well. So that's. Yeah. Um, is it at Watford or? It's at Stamford Bridge. Right. Okay. Okay. Then if we look at the, the games on Sunday, then that was Brighton and Everton. I mean, again, Everton not convincing, and well, they got got the penalty they needed to, to get their their point away. Yeah, Brighton had much the better of that game. Uh, from from what I saw, I mean, the pressure isn't lifting here for for Kuman. Like it's just, uh, it's no, just no. over really really precarious. They know? would need to. Uh, they're playing tonight in the Europa League. They they would need, they need a result. To, they absolutely. need a performance as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, the pressure's building on him, and if if teams are willing to you know sack managers for a lot less, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think he should be. No, no. Um, I think in terms of performance, rel- uh, big teams tend to wait till the end of the season to sack their managers more so than smaller teams because they yeah. don't have the fear of relegation which yeah hard to bounce back uh, from no. but I think in terms of relative to expectations he's probably done as badly as anyone other than De Boer this season you look what and he spent he's brought in and the team don't really I, I think at a lower level club if they were performing that badly relative to their expectations oh, I yeah. think he would be right on the Absolutely. on the edge right yeah. now if he, if he had, wouldn't, hadn't been sacked I, already so. I, th- I think if they get a couple more bad results, there's going to be there is will. that international break, yeah. isn't there? And mm-hmm. you know that does seem a good time for people to yeah. to, has rem- been used to remove the, managers. It's the exit door. Yeah, um, for for Brighton, I mean Brighton are going fairly well now. I mean, where uh, are they in the league now? Brighton are fourteenth again. Part that's a eight point club. I mean, okay, there are so many teams down. But eight from eight, then. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all right. I think that's yeah. Yes. I mean, well, they're coming yeah. out of the relegation zone, yeah. which is very respectable for yeah. what they've had to work with. I mean, they haven't obviously got the same kind of money. And they haven't taken real hiding off anybody yet either. No, no, they've managed to... Even the games that they haven't played as well and they've been beaten haven't haven't been decimated by anyone yet, which I think is... I don't think you you would expect a Chris Hewton side to take a, a huge no, hammering too often. Quite a, a savvy manager. He's managed a few times yeah. in the Premier League before. He's so. been around a few clubs, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Norwich, Newcastle. I mean, really, really harshly sacked from Newcastle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Brighton have been... They've grown into it, as we said. I mean, yeah. very different to Huddersfield, how they came out of the traps, were really flying and dropped off. Brighton have taken a little while just to, to bed in, but now they're they're doing okay. I mean, they will be disappointed, obviously, to give away a really late penalty, and then oh, it was a definite yeah. penalty though. But uh, t- to give it away, it's not a good. Uh, it's, it's not a good. Um, no, it, it was a strange, uh, strange challenge um, for a very experienced player to make. 
in the box in the 92nd minute. Um, he, well, just flattened him basically, didn't he? With his, I mean, his at job. home that late, your discipline's got to be yeah, you know, yeah. right on the money. Like, but and is he not club captain as well? So for your captain to do that, I mean, yeah. that that's it's silly. Fa- it's a, it's it's throwing yeah. points away. Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, have to give it, of course, but um, you imagine where Brighton a lot more content with their start of the season, but maybe actually of of the two clubs, less content with that result. I would think so, yeah. Probably, yeah. Just, just because of that incident at the end of the game, yeah. And it was, it was right there, and then Everton hadn't been very good. Oh, they were rubbish, weren't they? So it wasn't like they'd been hanging on and hanging on. No. And Everton hadn't no. even really... I don't think they even created anything, did there they? There wasn't uh, very much reason to think they should have expected much more at that stage no, than they were getting, no. and then it was give a, the penalty away. Very well taken by Rooney, though. Um, very mm. good penalty, right in the bottom corner. Uh, Southampton then uh, against Newcastle that was I think we, we talked about there was a potential there to be a bit heated that could have been a quite a heated game mm. uh, ended 2-all um, more I, goals than we'd have expected yeah yeah. Gabbiadini with two for Southampton pretty barren up front uh, but they, they did get two uh, Newcastle got two as well um, it's it's a weird moment for Southampton because they always uh, kind of we're, we're so used to um, them exceeding expectations are our expectations now unusually high and is that maybe why yeah we expect yeah. them certainly to be top half and in fairness they are still 11th like they're not yeah. well out of it you think if they were to be a bit more prolific in front of goal that they would still be it, that's you, the problem isn't it yeah are they, are they maybe victims of their own success though because they mean, so often when people write them off they go and do something great and may finish you know 8th, ninth, and all of a sudden you know it's maybe not actually that they're really their own fault at all. It's just that the bar's been so high. Is it really going to be something that's going to be hard to, for them to really realistically meet this season? Well, yeah, like when they don't have the big budget, it is obviously hard for them to keep doing that season after season. You would think they would have a relatively large transfer budget, though, after all the players that they've produced sold for nothing. <laughs> well, they've produced them yeah. for very little and sold them for you know extremely large amounts. Mm-hmm. You would think they'd have... A fair amount of money in the transfer budget. Yeah, it, it does seem they've been quite content to kind of sell on players and then not really spend an awful lot of that money bringing in. I mean, yeah. Of course, they're very good at developing players, so maybe they, they don't need to as much to spend the big money. But well, that, they can't. They're not going to develop players every season. Yeah, you know, I mean, the sheer rate to have. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Man United. They had coming. the class of '92, and then yeah. they were a bit barren for a while. So yeah, I mean, Southampton are eleventh. It's it's not not been a particularly bad start really no, the, is, pro- the problem is they're just not scoring enough goals yeah I mean, that's uh, that's really the, what it boils down to I mean up front they've been pretty bare and that's really got to change that's a, a club you could see probably making a signing in, in January to when yeah, you think of the double start attacking options I mean there's a few clubs who've talked about who need more goals need more never really replaced Pella properly I think yeah. the hope was that Austin would be that but hasn't been fit a lot of the time fit enough, so. yeah um I mean Newcastle. It's been it's been up and down for them, but so far there's been some good results, some some less good results. Yeah, again, though they're yeah. in the top half. Yep, so ninth. I mean that's uh, eleven points. That's Haven't one and three though. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're on the verge of a takeover as well. Yeah, so there's no, going to be a going to be a lot of positive. Fans have been waiting for yeah. it so long. Yeah. These things have happened before. Like Ashley said, he's going to try and sell the club, mm-hmm. but I think fans would just be over the moon if Ashley was to finally Absolutely, sell. Absolutely, it's been yeah. so clear. It's been in for so long. Doing the bare minimum to stay in the Premier League because that's where the real money Sometimes is. Sometimes not even doing enough to stay in the Premier League. Well, I think he's, he spent enough to get back in. I think that is clearly where he wants to be because that's where the real money is. 
but he's doing very little in terms of being ambitious. Yeah, there's, the there's no ambition with him other than staying in the As long as he stays yeah. in there, he doesn't really look bothered. So I think so many fans will be relieved if they can get him out the door, get someone else who actually wants to take it as far as they really can. And then uh, Monday's game was Leicester and West Brom. I mean, uh, two really good goals in that game. Um, Chadley scored a pretty good looping shot. Didn't actually see the goals. I heard it was a desperately per game, but maybe mm-hmm. the goals sort of <laughs> picked it up a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see any of it. And then uh, Marius and uh, Shakespeare, possibly in, in his final interview before he was sacked, said about how uh, he was very glad to see the resurgence of Marius because he'd been a bit lethargic. Yeah, I think it's where he needed to kick up the backside. Yeah. So he, he, he was dropped, dropped and brought back in. So, I mean, he, he got a good goal out of it. So, um, I suppose if the, if the game was that poor, the, the main talking point then is the... Got to be Craig Shakespeare. Got yeah. sacking, yeah. Yeah, um, it's... It's a little bit of a surprise to yeah. think that he's been sacked. When, like obviously they're I in the bottom three, but they had such a difficult start. You can almost write off a few of those games. They haven't been playing particularly well. But yeah, I thought he maybe mm. would have been given a wee bit longer. And they have been unlucky in certain games. We've talked about, we've talked about the Arsenal game playing times where they really should have won that game and there was that handball that was so changing. I mean, they have been a bit unlucky here and there. And with how Craig Shakespeare had taken over and immediately you know, lifted the team back up again. You sort of felt that... I suppose you'd have to say that these owners are showing that they're not afraid to no, be swift and brutal when it comes to getting yeah. rid of managers. I mean, Ranieri, obviously, were, they were doing really badly last season, but they absolutely still had oh, the support of the yeah. fans. And, like, this was the man who, less than a year, had won the title, if anyone deserved to be given. Uh, fair, I mean, I, I think that... Um, Craig Shakespeare probably actually had, was getting more out of the players effort wise than, uh, than Ranieri was oh undoubtedly was I mean, so yeah the players hadn't turned on certainly for Shakespeare when there was some suggestion they were half-assing it for for Ranieri I suppose really yeah it's, it's just the way football has gone it's, yeah I, I wouldn't have said it was I, 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 well I suppose you, when you look at it you can't say that it's a surprise to see any manager lose their job really but I, I certainly didn't expect it to when I saw the little yellow banner saying about you know on Sky yeah. Sports saying that there'd been a, a sacking, I, I didn't think it would be Craig Shakespeare. On the predictions, um, I mean tomorrow's game is uh, West Ham Brighton. That's that's got potential to be another draw. I feel. I mean Brighton have been going pretty well. West Ham. I mean they're going to be like Carroll as well. And that's that's a goal threat taken out of the equation as well. Yeah, and Chicharito's not been at his best, really. Yeah, he's, he? he's dropped off a bit after starting a bit better. But mm. Michael, uh, Michael Antonio's uh, been yeah. playing okay, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's uh, their best player in my opinion. Yeah, well, he's, he's one you're, you're quite surprised when uh, I think you said as well. No one's really come in for him, and he's, he's been doing quite well. But there haven't really been bids or anything. Even though yeah, I'd, down, I'd say I think he had an injury over the summer, mm-hmm. which maybe yeah put people off. off him. But I, w- I would say though, if he has another season as good as last year's, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bigger side come in from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm personally seeing it's been a draw. Uh, West Ham Brighton, one one. It, it looks like it could pan out that way. Like yeah. probably a goal to have drawn out of either side, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going to go one one for uh, that. I'm going to go two one to West Ham. West Ham okay. I think I'll say they're sort of a side slowly on the up, but I expect to see them starting to edge up the table now. And Especially at home on a Friday night, you'd think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I'll say two one to West Ham. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with a one one. Okay, then. Uh, Saturday early kickoff Chelsea Watford I mean that's that's a hard one to call because it certainly is like Watford are a side that I don't think anyone wants so to play right now Man City would probably wouldn't mind playing them again but anybody else would mm. 
you know, be a bit apprehensive about Watford because they're, they're hard doing well. They're a side that can physically bully a defence quite well. I mean, Deeney's come back and he's doing that now. I can't imagine Chelsea defence will like that. No. Been bullied about. No. Um, whether or not Troy Deeney starts the game, you don't know. But I mean, um, if, uh, Is Kante going to be back for this one? Or is he no, he's out for like, Murata is back. He obviously was yeah. back last night for the... That's, that's a lot more pressure now on the defence now. No Kante as well. Kante's out for another three weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be a really tricky one. Yeah, like as I say, I'm tempted to back Watford to get something here, although I just have a feeling, Chelsea, the pressure is on them, and I think they're a side yeah. that will respond well to that pressure. So uh, I'm going to say 2-1 to Chelsea. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue with that. I see where you're coming the, from. The only thing is, though, I would say, is that Chelsea played last night, yeah. and then it's it's the early kickoff on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah it's a short um, turnaround. Yeah, but they haven't had to travel. I, no. see, I see where you're coming from with um, soaking up the pressure pretty well because when when Conte first came in uh, at the end of the um, first month he was like the, the favourite to be sacked next and then he turned around and won the league and then the first game of this season beaten badly at home by Burnley turned around pretty well there so I can see where you're coming from but I I do feel Watford might just sneak something here oh they might they I wouldn't think, be overly I think it could, could be two all I think it could be a, a two all Okay, uh, Man City and Burnley. Sorry, mean, Rod, did you predict that? Yeah, I was going to go 2-1. Two, 2-1 two one. One to Chelsea. Man City and Burnley. I mean, uh, do, do you know what, actually, having said that, no Kante, you see. That's, I mean... It's no a big ca- difference. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, big without difference. Kante, they conceded two at Palace, and Palace aren't the best now, although they were a lot better, and three against Roma. And uh, Drinkwater's still injured. He hasn't got to play yet, has he? Yeah, he's still, yeah, he's still injured. So, I, mean, I think everyone's waiting to see how that um, that centre midfield partnership that worked so well for Leicester yeah. will that be anywhere near as effective for well, Chelsea? Well, depends. We don't really know how Drinkwater will start yet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, um, I'd like to see how it runs because I think Drinkwater was actually maybe a bit overlooked. I mean, obviously, Kante was brilliant that season, but I mean, Drinkwater was pulling some good passes from midfield there. So, I mean, if so I, I'm, I'm going to go two all actually. Um, that's a, that's I thought yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the Kante thing. It's, it's a big difference. Yeah, he's I, not there. I, I think it's just a massive difference. I, yeah. Um, okay, Man City and Burnley. I mean, good as Burnley's away form has been this season against some <laughs> of the big sides, you, you fear it could be um, if I'd hit a brick wall here. Don't yeah, you? you just can't back anybody against Man City at the minute. Can I mean, you? They've been so potent going. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, like uh, Burnley. No matter what happens tomorrow, Burnley have had a great start to the season. Yeah. And also, I don't think if they are beaten, that they'll let it put them off too much. No. But I'm going to say 3-0 to City. I think that they'll be comfortable enough. So Yeah, the thing is, like we've said like 3 and 4, and that's been it's incredibly generous. Away, um, it's really hard to predict like 6-0. I know, I'm, yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't. You feel crazy predicting. You can't those see Burnley conceding 6. No, but then you can't see Man City not scoring 6. Mm. You know, I've gone for somewhere down the middle. I've gone for three. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to call four one. Four one. I think is going to be leaning into that sort of thrashing territory, but thrashing, a little but more not, kind than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not quite a like a six nil, but I mean, yeah, I yeah. Think I, you're going to have it well covered, I, but I think this is it's a really difficult one to call. I mean, I think we're all fairly certain that Man City are going to win, but it's just yeah. how much. Um, yeah. I th- I think I think I'm going to go four one as well. Um, I I think Burnley will. If Burnley score first, or if it's two nil and Burnley get one, then fine. But if it gets to four nil, Burnley probably wouldn't score. They would just sit back and yeah. damage limitation. But so I, yeah, I, I think four one, four one. 
but they've managed to get some uh, some goals against the big sides already. I mean, especially yeah. when home, they've been a lot more daring. Yeah, and, and Chris Chris Wood is a different kind of forward mm-hmm. that a lot of teams don't play against. Yeah, he's, you know, he's so. rolling the clock back a bit, like the yeah. a bike on the air of a, a bit more methodical old number nine. But mm. yeah, we'll see how how Man City's defense do with that. That could be interesting enough to see. I mean, like um, Mame Diouf um, got got two goals against him again. Yeah. He'd be well, one of them. A, one of them was uh, deflected. Was it? Well, yeah. <laughs> but he's I mean, quite a, a physical kind of a, yeah. a striker as well. Yeah. So could be interesting to see how they they deal with that. I mean, it's not something Pebble be used to. I mean, they didn't have much of those kind of proper old school nines in in uh, La Liga. It's not like not uh, something Barca would have used anyway. Certainly, no, definitely not. Um, okay, uh, Swansea and Leicester. I mean, that's it depends on who Leicester gets. Surely, of course, if if they get anyone. Well, I would imagine Michael yeah. Appleton's taking charge for this one. game. But um, even having like a name announced, like you saw, I mean, one that springs to mind is when when Kevin Keegan was announced his return for for Newcastle, and then Newcastle in the FA Cup, I think it might be against Stoke or someone pulled out a really good result. I mean, and uh, it looked like they were playing because they were sort of welcoming this legend back. I mean, didn't yeah, work sort, out sort of like with uh, with Liverpool when Dalglish came back. Yeah, I mean, uh, even just the the presence of someone that reputable at the club can yeah. really galvanise a team. Well, of course, it makes such a difference if, I mean, what's, what the mood is around the club. I mean, if yeah. it, I, mean, I don't think the mood will be that good at the minute. I don't think no, they I was expecting so. I mean, There's been some really wishful thing Ancelotti might say. No, I, mean, I, I can't know. say it. I, I don't see why he'd want And then, of course, last time, um, there was some talk that uh, Ranieri leaving almost might set it up for Mancini, who was, who was good friends, then maybe if he'd want to almost be his successor and to, to take over his work. I, mean, I, I don't oh. see Mancini wanting to take over Leicester right now. Anyhow, though, uh, I think Swansea got a good result at home yeah. last week, and I think they'll get something. I, I think yeah, I'm going to go for one all. Yeah, I think almost like this uh, second right now, unless they do get someone maybe quite decent, it might uh, sort of deflate them right now because I think they they were still quite behind Craig Shakespeare they looked to be yeah I, I think yeah. that I think Shakespeare himself was very very surprised to yeah I, I didn't see it coming I'm not sure a lot of people really saw it being this imminent mm. this soon so yeah I think unless they do get someone quite reputable that, that might actually take a dip for a while first if uh, well from what I recall of Michael Appleton I know he did quite well at Oxford but he was he was uh, manager of Blackburn for a very short period of time during a season they had about four different managers and and his style of play was very much um, play very deep and try and nick a goal. That's quite different to what we've seen. Of, yeah. yeah, I mean Leicester have really been gung ho. Yeah, all guns blazing. Yeah, and you know, but their pace they have with forty shoots to counter attacking, which it they could, have yeah, so it could be yeah. a weapon you use yeah. with counter attack. But so maybe, well, I don't know how he played at Oxford. Um, I don't know how he set them up, but I, that's that's what I do know from. But you can't use them because it's like, uh, if you're gonna sit really deep. I mean, um, with with Leicester's way, they you know, sort of went from defensive attack so so quickly in the past. You know, if, if you're gonna sort of put one sort of striker up front and put everyone else very deep, you can't really play that same effect. You can't cut through teams that way. But anyway, uh, I mean, I I do see Swansea probably winning that one. I think they've been a little better. Uh, the home form and I think it's a really difficult one to call. Yeah, it is tricky, but. I don't see Leicester being lifted by this um, this sacking right now, unless they do get someone quite good. Unless a big name gets yeah. mentioned o- overnight. I mean, certainly right now, I don't think, think uh, um, Appleton's going to walk in and sort of lift them in the same way Shakespeare did last season. Mm. I don't really think that's going to happen. Um, I, I think Swansea will win that probably 
comfortably enough. I'd say I'd say maybe even two 0 again. Mm, I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm more on the lines of thinking of one all. I think. Yeah, that's what I, I went I, for. I think the I think Leicester will put out a performance. I, I, mm. Um, it's hard to see how they're going to react. Like it's um hard to predict. Yeah, side's going to come out. I mean, away from home as well, it's going to be harder for them to get yeah. that motivation. But I think they might pull out a really good performance. Mm-hmm. You know, for Craig Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, it might be sort of well. Obviously, it's a bit belated because he's not in charge anymore. Where was that a few weeks ago? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they hadn't been playing that badly in some no, of I mean, the games. We talked about it before. They were quite unlucky in a few games. I mean, yeah. things could have been different. But anyway, we'll, it we'll, is what we'll, it is. We'll wrap up on that one mm. and move on to the next one. Um, Huddersfield and United and you think for Huddersfield right now it's not a good time to be playing Man United no it's not no. I mean, probably the the exact right time for, for Man United now I mean having had that goalless game last week to pick up where they left off I mean we talked about Lukaku being a bit of a flat track bully I mean, well this is his kind of game isn't very, it very it is. very quiet against Liverpool all of a sudden the flat track's back you know well he had a really, really good chance against Liverpool. He did, yeah. And, and that's the difference between a good striker and one of the best. Like, one of the best, straight in. You know, he would yeah. not have... There would have been no chance for the goalkeeper to save that. But in reality, Lukaku put it straight at Mignolet. Well, I think that's the difference people talking about, um, like, the golden boot race. And a lot Harry of, Kane would have buried that. Yeah, I mean, Harry Aguero Kane. would have buried that. And even on top of that, uh, when the service isn't there, Harry Kane goes and gets the ball for himself. Yeah, he'll Lukaku find something, is. Yeah. You know, he looked quite frustrated. Sort of, you know, throwing his maybe, arms maybe it was the style. It was maybe yeah. it was the style of game. It's not what he wanted, but mm-hmm. but he seemed to be sort of um, quite put out that he wasn't getting the service. But I think Harry yeah. Kane, you know, wouldn't have been maybe sulking like that. He'd been going yeah. and getting the ball. I, I think there's plenty of strikers in the Premier League that would have absolutely buried that chance that Lukaku had. Um, th- 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 the three forward players for Liverpool probably all would have put that away. Like we, we talked about it being um, the first real test for. Mourinho on United but I think that's uh, maybe actually his first real test as well for Man United mm. yeah. I mean people were talking about uh, scoring against Real Madrid in the Europa uh, Super League but I mean that's, that's not the that's not the same no, it's, expectation it's, no. it's, uh, it's really a, a glamorised friendly yeah but I mean this is his kind of game yeah, coming I mean, up though isn't it like, there's no flatter track right now yeah and Huddersfield have been very poor recently yeah. so I mean you could I, I yeah. would expect United to maybe Quite win well, about 3-0 three, three, maybe 3-4 that could be yeah I had gone for 2-0. I think away from home, they may be not mm. quite as rampant, so I, I, I think 2-0. But I think Mourinho does know that fans, having, a lot of them having lived through the Ferguson era, you know, will... They will expect yeah, them to be this, running you know, rampant. I think he's, I mean, he's not going to miss an opportunity maybe to get them a little more back on side. Saying, the bearing goal, in mind... Yeah, the the, there. <laughs> yeah, Tottenham put three past them in 20 minutes. Yeah. So if, if Huddersfield start poorly, you mm-hmm. know, United could could really steamroll I, I could see it being 4-0, actually. Yeah, actually. I'm going to go with three. And you've gone with two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Newcastle in. Uh, at home to Crystal Palace. I mean, Crystal Palace finally now with, with something on the board. And, and they'll be looking at it and thinking, there's no reason we can't stay up now. I mean, even after losing about seven consecutive games, it's not really that far away from them at all because of how, how close it is down there. Um, Newcastle obviously will be favourites at home. I think it's going to be a draw. It could fizzle out that way Hodgson will be Hodgson away, happy for a draw, I think. Very, I mean, keep building, you know, yeah. keep building on stuff. It'll be more points on the boards. It is away. I mean, it's where Hodgson is. Newcastle haven't had the greatest form yeah. in the last couple yeah. of years. It looks like it could be destined to be a draw. Yeah, I so think, I think one all. Yeah, one yeah. all sounds I'm, sounds I'm fair. Say something similar. Um, Stoke and Man, Stoke and Man City, Stoke and Bournemouth. Then uh, Stoke and Bournemouth. Um, I mean. 
<laughs> Again, this this yeah, feels it's hard, hard to call. call. Yeah, uh, with Bournemouth's poor form, I know Stoke got a hammering last week, but I'm inclined to give Stoke just a slight edge. I'm going to go two one Stoke. We saw with Crystal Palace like the power of being due. Sometimes it is. It, it can be real sometimes. Like if anyone was, but due, they didn't they just go and get lucky. They played really they did, they did. well. Oh yeah, they they dominated that game. But you can't be your performance like that. I mean, like sometimes it's enough is enough, and the players just turn one out because it's it's, it's been too long. And maybe Bournemouth are do something like that. Uh, I'm still saying too. No, I hope. can't. I can't see it. I I think Bournemouth's woes are going to continue. Really mm. well. I'm I'd be a bit more optimistic for them. Than that. I, th- I think they they might get that one two one. Just to I don't think they'll win it. Um, I. I yeah, I, I think, I think Stoke will, will yeah, two one to Stoke. I think, yeah. I, I'm inclined to say two one to Bournemouth. Just maybe a bit more optimism for for Eddie Howe. Well, I I would like to see Bournemouth yeah. do a bit better, you know, f- f- just for Eddie Howe. Um, but and they have been unlucky in a few games, like. Yeah, um, but you know that that and it's you, it's you talk the call, though. you talk about Leicester being deflated and stuff, but being unlucky can be deflating because is, you're yeah. thinking all well, that for nothing. You know? Yeah, we're constantly doing this and doing this, and we're getting nothing out yeah. of it. So and obviously, very difficult for a manager to go in and not really even know what to say because they didn't really do all that much wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah. So better luck next time, case you know. If that's what boys down, it's not a very inspiring team talk. No, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a hard one to call. I mean, it's it's two sides you haven't been playing particularly well in the last few games but uh, here's what it is um, Southampton and West Brom I mean away from home could Pulis be content enough with the draw there again and Southampton not re-scoring really many I think that's what 0-0 written yeah, all over looks like it could be the draw yeah I, I, I think well, West Brom haven't been great really recently have they no, I mean, they no, started they quite well but it's, it's dropped yeah, a bit again yeah it's tailed off um, I think yeah they'll be very happy for a draw but I I think they might nick it one nil. Mm, I know I, I've I've backed West Brom to yeah. win one nil probably every week and have the other right kind of yeah who quite often do get little yeah sneaky one nil wins but I mean Southampton will know they can't really afford to concede very much because I mean their their goals have been so poor. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pulis away from home tends to be quite ready to settle. So I, I think I, I think it could be right there. It could be a really Bleak nil nil. Okay, then Sunday's oh, games. Um, Everton Arsenal. I mean, that's that's two sides who need, need to kick up the arse really. Um, yeah, it was a poor, really poor for Arsenal last I think week it's, after a good run. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's two sides. Everton played eight o'clock. And two managers also. under under quite a lot of pressure. But I mean, we've talked about it. How often has been Svenger been written off and pulled through? Svenger so. will not be sacked mid-season. Yeah, no, no, that's not going to happen, is it? Unless, unless they lose really get, I mean, six or seven in a row. Yeah, um, but yeah, you feel for Everton. They've they've got to do something. It's it's bound to turn around. I mean, I, I don't think Coleman's a bad manager, and it'll be interesting. Are, yeah. They set out for this. Do they go for the win? Do they? Try? I think they've got to. I don't, I don't think the fans. Win. I think you. I think you have to go for the win yeah. against Arsenal. I, mean, I, I think if you, if you put a lot of pressure on their defense, they'll fall to bits. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I think the exact thing they'd want to do would be sit back, let them attack. Mm. Um, Everton don't have the pace to trouble Arsenal. Yeah, they're not well. It set is up a worry. To no, um, I, I'm going to go one all. I just got a feeling that it, it won't actually be very good. I feel yeah. Everton are bound to turn around eventually. I think I think one nil Everton. They're, they're bound to to find some kind of form. Yeah, yeah but sooner that, or that, later. F- that for me is just papering over some cracks. If if they win one nil, mm, yeah. You never, Everyone will do what everyone does and go, ah, oh, that's it. Everton are sorted. Well, they're not, Probably though, are not, they? Yeah. You know, their defence is still 
shaky. Yeah. Up front, they've got no pace. So, you know, it's, it is a just... Team pay- of number 10s, we talked about. Team, yeah, yeah, team of number 10s. So yeah. it would just be paper over cross. I, I think it'll be one all. I, I think you're right, yeah. I think it's just going to... I don't think it's going to be a very good game, uh, which sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? When you, yeah, you think of the calibre of players on show. Yeah. Um. I, I think it could be one nil Everton. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite hopeful that because I, I I don't want to see Coman you know kicked out because it hasn't started well and he spent a lot of money. I think he deserves a bit better than that. But I mean, it's it's got to turn around from at some stage, you know. Well, uh, well, it might and it might not. Mm-hmm. You'd expect oh. after a while it would, but no you know, signs so far. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't look I mean, that way. Really, it? no improvement at all. No. Um. Okay. Top Liverpool then. So. Yeah, and then top Liverpool. I mean. We talked about the Wembley curse. That is going to be a real test for now because they've got that win at home. But Liverpool's going to be a bit more tricky. And Klopp in the big games has, you know, quite often risen to the challenge. We saw against, uh, like last season against Man City, against uh, Chelsea. Um, he, he was up to the challenge. And uh, with Tottenham in a home setting, they're still not really comfortable with. That might play in the, in the Klopp's hands pretty well. But Tottenham are very good defensively. They are, yeah. Which, I mean, should be interesting to see how how they approach them. I mean, we'll, well, it might take Liverpool a long time to break them down. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's... Then they'll yeah. get frustrated yeah. and then, you know, You'll same old thing. That. I see this being another draw. I've gone one all. Mm. I'm, I'm hopeful and say Liverpool are going to win it 2-1, I think. That's just a bit big ask to beat Tottenham. But, yeah, yeah. So some part of me thinks that Liverpool might be able to do it, but you know I'm, they've got a good recent record yeah, against Tottenham. The, yeah. the attack's good, um, you know. But beating Maribor in the week, I mean, I, I, that'll give you know the front three a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm, yeah. But it doesn't really mean that much. They're, they're no, I mean, fairly it's, poor sides. So I mean, it's uh, it's not a very good stand of opposition. I mean, well, it's no yardstick, is it? Really, no. I mean, um, Tottenham are obviously a, a class and a half better oh, than yeah. that. Like when they're Obviously, going to be a lot more. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's resilient really, than that. But if it was White Hart Lane, I would say two one to Tottenham. But Wembley, I think it's. I think it's going to be one one. Yeah, I, I, I. Some part of me thinks Liverpool might sneak it, but then you look at Tottenham's defence and it's it's it's, it's so, it's so good. hard to predict. Liverpool, I think that I mean, it should be a good game. Yeah. That one, that mm-hmm. and, and quite often those games have been good games. Tottenham Liverpool games. Uh, we have seen some some good ones uh, over the years. That's all our games wrapped up then. So join us next week. We'll be back to. Have another episode of Kicking the Balls. Thank you. Goodbye.